Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Are you a lonely businessman looking for something to take your mind off work? Why not visit Teasers in Felpersham, where lovely ladies like myself will slide up and down a pole with a sullen expression while we try and check the clock behind the bar to work out when we can go home? Teasers for romantics. Sponsors of Dumpty Dum. This is Dumdy Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge and the heart of the Midlands. I'm Royfield Brown, who's seven days away from unveiling his knees at the Dumdy Dum Awards. And with oh, me, whoa, I whoa, have... Whoa, 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 Knees? Yeah. Black kilt. I'm going to wear a black kilt. No way. I am. I am. Not leather. Oh, that's a thought. Didn't... Do you remember Jean-Paul Gaultier did that leather? Yeah. Oh, that's a thought. Yeah. They, they don't do that at TK Maxx, though, Royfway. <laughs> Listen, I'm going somewhere very special. Listen, I've got, I'm from Scottish royalty, mate, right? And this is no word of a lie. About 40 generations ago, um, my family on my mother's side had descended from Macduff, from Macbeth fame. So I can legitimately wear tartan, mate. But anyway, that's, that'd be another segue. Black watch tartan? No, that's nothing to do with being black, is it? <laughs> I feel a tinge of racism in that somewhere. <laughs> you can't get over the colour of my skin. And that's I the can't. reason why you're so gobsmacked. It's a black man in tartan. No, it's you in a skirt. That's what's gobsmacking me. Fair play. Fair play. So with me, I have, who are you? Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our Otto Strikes Back is you, <laughs> folks. Awards update. The voting is over. That's it. It's over. No more caput. You lot have spoken for the following categories. Best storyline of the year. Best new character. Favourite character. Tweeter of the year. Fittest Ambridge character. Best silent character. Best Dumpty Dum guest. That'd be Martin Greaves. Yeah. Silent. Oh, best silent character and <laughs> best, best silent character. Guest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best we have, BBC, we have BBC backroom boy hero Martin Greaves yeah. here with us, who has 
saved the podcast because the oh. you all went up oh. the swanny. So I've been editing it for like 32 shows, but Martin's come to save it. <laughs> no, I just That's meant fundamentally save- Royfield, you're incompetent. No, all I mm. meant was he but just saved. It could be better. It could be better. Your inability. Soon, my next, inability. So now I don't edit it anymore. Then I won't be presenting it next week. Royfield, we couldn't get the script to each other. <laughs> that, <laughs> it was nothing more. There was nothing else intended other than basic mm. incompetence on both our parts. I thought, thought the BBC and BBC-related spin-off podcasts had diversity quotas, and that was the reason why I was fixed onto this show. Why? Well, I'm going to be taken out, because you're going to get another presenter next week, you just said. What, yeah, but what's diversity got to do with it? Because I'm black. <gasps> My Not colour me. always comes into it somehow, doesn't it? You, 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 Hang on, hang on. Now who's playing the race card? Me! <laughs> When it suits me, I'll play it. Oh, that's so typical, that is. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> best Lisi Double Entendre. Dumpty Dum Caller of the Year. Best Dumpty Dum Intro of the Year. Performance of the Year. And who or what do we love to hate? And I've got a sneaky feeling we all know who's going to win that one this year. I think so. Mm-hmm. There'll be no surprises with that one. Um, now, you need to get yourself down to the awards night at Rich Mix, uh, which is at 3547 Bethnal Green Road, Shoreditch, London, on November the 22nd, which is just next Saturday. Now, we do have a few tickets left, so I reckon you all need to get onto our site, dumdydum.com, and get a clicking, because the doors will open at 8 a.m. sharpish. P.m. Oh, did I say a.m.? <laughs> Yes, we don't want people turning up for breakfast. All right, whatever. You understood what I meant. Not what I said, it's what I meant. And everybody, oh, come on. He's so literal. Turn up at some point in the evening. (laughs) And then they'll be dancing and drinking and whatever afterwards. So get your free tickets. How many people can dance in wellies? That's a good You can dance in wellies. Well, they do at festivals, don't they? There you go. So that's how you dance in wellies. I'm not dancing. I'm going to be like the aunt at the wedding that sits at the side, sort of wiggling her head around genially, and people have to come up and talk to her. Have, have you spoken to auntie? Go and talk to auntie. You haven't been to any West Indian wedding because the aunties that really get going. Really? Yeah. Like my auntie Val and auntie Jess, they can drop some moves, I'm telling you. <laughs> Don't be slagging off aunties around black people for not being able to dance. And as for me, Gran, oh, me, Gran was a right little groover too. Is Auntie, th- Auntie Thing and Auntie Thing coming? Um, Auntie Jass is in Jamaica and Auntie Val was actually um, discovered the Lord about five years ago. So on principle, oh, she doesn't dance. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's Lord of the Dance, surely. Are you not allowed to dance if you're Jesus? Well, it depends what denomination you are. It depends what uh, denomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these funny Protestant ones get all a bit peculiar. Like Seventh-day Adventists, they don't like any manner of fun whatsoever. So, like, any kind of music is the devil's music. As long as there's instrumentation, they go, oh, no, that's bad. That's so miserable, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. Oh, so, God. I've had a load of people who like him who are no fun at all. Mm, but you know what? We, I'm going to get some hate mail if I continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not careful yes. here. So, anyway, so we've where are we? We've race and religion. We've yeah, only been going you know, to... Um, yeah, so uh, it's uh, get your free tickets uh, for our Christmas party. You know you want to come. You want to meet us. Um, and that'd be all hip, cool and dandy. And Martin, are you going to be coming? I shall be there. And guess what? Guess who he's bringing? 
I'm bringing the wonderful Barwick Green, also known as Rupert. Ooh. I'm a He's bit scared. He's the big one. He's the one who picks me up when I split an infinitive. Well, I don't need no, to no, no, no. And he... He's the one that also noticed that it wasn't my fault, that we had um, the wrong time on the initial invite, and he does pick me up. I'm just about... I'm scared. I don't, I, I'm very scared of meeting Mr. Rupert Brunt. I want to meet him. I'll just, like, shake his hand, and I will just walk away, you know, look, keep looking him in the eye, and just, I'll just run into a corner. Very scary, but very clever and lovely bloke. Um... And we're wittering on lace because we have a whole big fat show to do. So, yeah. right, it's our Christmas party. Please come. Love to meet you. See you all there. And we've only got a few days to go. Right, t- today's rendition of uh, Barrett Green was brought to you by my bromance buddy, Mr. Paul Chino Room. Lucy, can you remind our listeners having on the accolade of Dumber of the Week? If you want to send flowers to Tony in hospital or give Otto a medal for squashing his windpipe, give us a ring with a plot <laughs> prediction or a secret archer's crush by leaving a voicemail on SpeakPipe on dumptydum.com or leave us a message on 0203 031 3105. Thanks to Millie Bell for collecting our Facebook uh, messages. Um, to uh, Harriet, lovely Harriet, um, at Shambridge for her impersonations. And to Derek, again, for the loan of the back bedroom. Uh, He is furious about the tennis. As the big match is now not going ahead, he gets very excited about Federer. And he's always disappointed when he pulls out. Right, calls this week come from Paul Room, who's fallen off a cow, the backbone man, Goddess Diva, who has been crying, Jan Mitchell, I think she's a first time caller in isn't she? she? Is. Should she we is. call him the caller in Call her in Yeah. Okay, cool. First time caller in Jan Mitchell, who just wants to say hello, Dusty Substances, who's getting all confident now, two weeks on the road, Dusty. Um, who wants Grundy World of Christmas? Uh, John from Newcastle, who wants to congratulate Pat. Jennifer, who thinks Henry is Rosemary's baby. And Julie, who brings up the rear this week, who thinks he is a cold hearted cow. But first, before all that, folks, it's the bit of the show which we all just have to just grin and bear it and just get through. Let's kick off with Lucy Freeman's. Don't panic! I've got gold envelopes for the award night, so it's all sorted, Freeman's. Week in Ambridge. Well, it's outrageous, says Adam, as Debbie's got the old heave-ho. Well, it is ridiculous giving her the boot just because she lives in a different country to the farm she manages. Lots of people (laughs) work remotely. I mean, I live in East London and I oversee a small wildlife park in Gdansk. And that works perfectly well. (laughs) I mean, obviously, I'm not there to see any of the animals, but I look at them over Skype and they seem absolutely fine to me. Can I just quickly just jump in? You can. All right. My boy. Noah? Was, yeah, was in a meeting with us just last week, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, via Skype. All the way yeah. in Toronto, and it was, come to work with your dad day. And he said, Dad, can I come and work with you? And uh, so we <laughs> did it over Skype. And I wasn't horrible, but he had I to do see. work. But he, we, he took notes from the meeting, and he emailed them back to us. And I was so proud of the boy. But there you go. So you can work remotely via Skype. You can even do podcasts via Skype. It probably couldn't be something like a painter and decorator remotely. But most things you probably can. I'm still not sure about farming. It's just a, it's just a matter of time before technology keep, you know, catches up and you actually will be able to do painting and decorating remotely. <laughs> because you can actually now feed your pet remotely and give it a treat via an internet app. Right. So there you go. Yeah, but not 750 cows. 
No. That, that presents something more of a problem. And I got and I'm kind of on BL's side with this because how on top of things is she really? Exactly. Mm. Anyway. It's her own fault for messing around with Stephen Mangan. Mind you, given the chance, I'd quite like to be messing around with Stephen Mangan rather than looking right. up 700 you, you just want to be working over in LA, do you? Uh, I don't care where he is. I'll go, I'll go to him. <laughs> uh, but Lucy? Yeah? Yeah, you've got a monologue to deliver. Sorry. Look, yeah. you need to just keep on track. Don't get sidetracked. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Martin, Big... don't distract her. <laughs> Big question this week. Does anyone still eat jelly? Jim demanded desperately. Well, do they? And a few discoveries. Nathan Booth will do anything for cheesy biscuits. So that's good to know for when Kathy <laughs> Kirk gets really desperate. Uh-huh. And the Aldridges are going to buy Brookers. Difficult to take a business decision of that magnitude when the proposition's being made by a man in Tigger pyjamas, but there you go. <laughs> Jenny Darling's got her eye on the farmhouse itself to turn it into one gigantic kitchen with hot and cold running rock for. And Brian is secretly planning to use it as a sort of holding pen for any other offspring that might pop up in the future. Alan, the disappearing vicar, popped up to do the Remembrance Sunday service, which was very moving, until Peggy took a header into the font. Shula offered to examine her, but as that would involve Peggy getting on all fours while Shula lifted up her feet one at a time and slapped her on the arse, Peggy wisely declined. Jenny Darling checked up on Peggy the next day and she didn't get out of her chair, Jenny Darling noticed anxiously. I think the truth needs to come out. Peggy is pissed. She's at the end of her tether with the philandering, whinging bunch she's stuck with as a family, so she sought refuge in the Tio Pepe. She can't stand up because she sank a couple of bottles just to give her the strength to sit next to Shula without braining her with a handbag. There was an interesting couple of minutes about the preparations for Peggy's party. Pat said she'd mostly be making quiches and tarts. Quiche soup and tart soup. Jenny Darling was hedgehogging about doing Peggy's album. It's a difficult second album you have to watch, Jennifer. It did give us a chance to appreciate the fact that Jenny Darling is the only person in the universe who still says super duper. Uh, Pat described Peggy as a bit starchy. Understatement of the century, she's starchier than a jacket potato sandwich. Brian noticed that reception must be an awful come down for Roy. Oh, yes, so much more lowering than being acclaimed for your ability to sort out the ginger nuts for a drawing pin convention and then standing crying and hiccuping outside your boss's window with six Macallans washing around inside you. George Grundy, who is rapidly becoming my hero, has been drawing terrifying pictures of the end of days. He drew a psychotic turkey. Mm. George's religious fervour, bolshiness and general ability to bring chaos wherever he goes is extremely inspiring and he will be taking over Joe's mantle of wandering disaster once he reaches adulthood. I don't understand why Henry Archer gets in the neck when it's George Grundy who's (laughs) actually the devil's spawn. He's not right, is he, that that, that character? (laughs) He is. I am expecting very soon to people noticing crows nailed to walls. <laughs> like it won't be long, will it? <laughs> but you can understand why George is like he is. He has a grandfather who molests ferrets and tells the fortune through turkey guts. His grandmother's changed voice twice a month. Great grandfather. Sorry. It- yes. His great-grandmother's changed voice twice in the last two years. His dad's his uncle and his uncle's his dad or something. His mum's baby <laughs> thinks she's Karen Brady and his stepdad shot his dog. It's mm-hmm. amazing he's just drawing pictures and he's not on Jeremy Kyle. 
Uh, the archers had a good laugh about Johnny's northern accent. Ha ha ha, aren't northern people sweet? They're hilarious with their poverty and their funny accents. What's wrong with these people? They can understand Jazza, who seems to speak entirely without using vowels, as far as I can hear. <laughs> Route B, which even the village has now lost interest in, never mind the listeners, is being attacked again by Linda under the aegis of Robert's friend Con. Con. Does that sound like someone she should be taking advice from? He might as well be called Big Fat Liar. But then we had the big story at Bridge Farm. Mm-hmm. Tony started channeling Frank Spencer and told Oh, Saint wait a minute. I'm sitting down for this bit, Lucy. I'm paying <laughs> attention now. Uh, Tony started channeling Frank Spencer and told St. Johnny that Henry had a little bit of a gold, so he was left to the tender ministrations of St. Johnny while Helen took Peggy into Borsetshire for a Brazilian. The backstory here <laughs> that no one knows about is that Otto the Bull, who has shown zero interest in any of the cows he's supposed to be rogering, has a keen interest in musical theatre and is anxious to be involved in Peggy's festivities. He heard St. Johnny and Tony discussing the music for Peggy's party and Tony dismissing a mashup of Tiny Temper and Tommy Croker. So when Tony moved him out, Otto couldn't resist a little mashup of Tony's chest. <laughs> Bet Hitler in him just could not be restrained, so he demonstrated the old shuffle hop step, except he did it on Tony. And poor old Tony ended up in hospital with Pat being brave. In a way, it was a good job it was Tony and not Brian. You can have soup through a feeding tube, but venison pasties would be a nightmare. So, on that sad note, we'll leave it to St. Johnny to sum up. Oh, balls, brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> He didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't say that at all. No. He went, Granddad! Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, right, now, hmm. Yes. I know it is not my place to really talk about my feelings about the archers. I just kind of just like to say, hi, hello, and you just wind yourself up and you just go. However, I can't take any more excitement in the archers. <laughs> I'm an archers fan. I don't want excitement. I just want, you know. We've had two calls this week that say exactly that. Oh, I just seriously, it's too much. If too I much want pop. excitement, I'll watch Claude, John Claude Van Damme or Jason Statham or whatever. I want character-driven. produced show. Exactly. We want I want, and I want to be able to moan about the flower and produce bloody show, yes. and the Harvest Festival, and the bloody Christmas plays. That's what I want, and I want to moan about them. I can't take this death, destruction, people being jilted. It's too much for me. We used to have one of these like every two years. Now we're having one once a fortnight. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know what? If we want to watch EastEnders, there's EastEnders. I want to listen to the Archers. Somebody please bring back my Archers for me, please. Aww. Dear BBC, why oh, why oh, why? <laughs> I do sound like some old fart. You want to call into feedback or something, don't I? Oh, God, I've turned into somebody I hate. <laughs> oh, God. I knew it happened to me at some point. Anyway, I think we should hit those phone lines. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong kind of listener. And I'm Jolly Cross. I'd like to know where the character-led drama is at the moment, other than Tichinob and Helen. All we've got is melodrama. Selling Brookfield, except they won't. Route B, except it won't happen. Tony being stampled on. Everything going tits up for Brian and Adam, and Debbie getting the bums rush. 
Don't even get me started on Jennifer's seance. It's not good enough at all. What I want is Lindy Bots pulling it off at the last minute with a wonderful Christmas show. I want Stir Up Sunday. I want the Reverend Bunter trousering a few mince pies. I wouldn't even mind the return of Grundy World of Christmas. And that's saying quite a lot because I don't really like the Grundies. Just give me one piece of drama at a time, not bucketfuls like this. I'm really fed up with it. Mystic Dusty predicts that Tony is going to die to celebrate huh, the next anniversary in January, assuming, of course, he hasn't handed in his dinner pail for the Christmas episode. Another senseless sacrifice. Get a grip, archers. Badly done. Badly done. Really annoyed. Yours faithfully, Mrs Grumpy, West London. Hi, it's Goddess Diva here. Oh my days, I have not been so traumatised by anything for so long. Poor Tony, but seriously, poor Pat. Pat, the actress who plays you, I am just too much in a... Ah, to even look you up. Well done, scriptwriters, well done. I am in, have been in absolute floods of tears here. It's just the whole keep fighting oh my god i am absolutely traumatized i rang blue sky 20 to tell her how traumatized i was and she said ah you are truly one of us now and it's true it's absolutely true i am so immersed in the world of the archers that i want to go up to birmingham find helen and pat and say no no you sit there do you need coffee what do you need i'll go and get it seriously shaking and I didn't think I would get this much into it um I have to say on that subject of getting into it and people moaning and the split in the archers camps between it's a bit rubbish and it's oh my god it's so good David Blunkett can now fuck all the way off because really get out of my face stupid man stupid stupid man but what will be the fallout from this what will be the fallout from Tony's accident what will it mean for Brookfield? What will it mean for Peggy? Who really, her, her little twisted ankle can piss off as well now, really. I know she's 90, but really, I've said it before, get off the fucking cross. Just put a bandage on it. Use your stick. Let people help. Whatevs. My big worry is how this is going to play out with Helen and Rob. With Helen being so much more vulnerable because her dad has been injured and Henry could have been injured and she feels it's her fault nicely played Rob for getting her into that kind of guilt state in the first place this is just going to make Helen so much more vulnerable and Rob so much more able to take advantage um, I don't even know what I'm saying now I need a hug, I need hugs from all my The Archers, Tweet Alongers from all the Dumpty Dummers and thank God that we're all going to be meeting up on Saturday because I think there will be hugs needed, there will be discussion needed, and there will be some very large G&Ts needed. <gasps> right, I'm going to go off, have another cigarette, have another cup of coffee, see if I can calm down. Still good work with the, with the podcast, and I'm looking forward to meeting all of you who are going next Saturday. All right, Goddess Diva out. Ta-ra! And Dusty Substance, uh, who... who, who really really sounds very cross and made me i found myself saying sorry when she, <laughs> she was because she was i think she might be a teacher or something she sounds mm -hmm. quite teachery um she wants the grundy world of christmas back 
and she wants no plot and she wants things to just jog along nicely and calmly and can we stop having life and death scenarios and life-changing scenarios every two weeks Mm -hmm. um when in reality most of 90 percent of people's lives are fantastically boring with the odd highlight of drama whether that's good drama or bad drama which is how it should be the problem is for us old farts and i'm putting myself firmly in that camp is that the ratings for the archers are up aren't they if the daily express and every other media outlet um who's now talking about our favorite docudrama is is to be believed ratings are going up so we're somewhat in in a minority however um it's not exactly analogous to Brookside, but I remember when Brookside first started in the you know in in the early eighties, that was relatively believable and uh, it swam along quite nicely. But all of a sudden, when there were plagues and plane crashes in the close, you know, <laughs> it finished about three years after that. So you know, we ha- I'm sure um, Emperor in Chief Sean, who is directing things absolutely knows what he's doing and in him i do trust however it does feel a little bit racy that's all i'm gonna say yeah hello dumpty dum this is canada uk love affair calling from vancouver british columbia canada i'm just calling to say how much i love your show how often it makes me laugh You guys are just fabulous. And how much I enjoy all things in the UK. I love your culture, love your movies, your television shows, and your podcasts. Uh, Especially The Archers. And uh, I'm also uh, phoning in to just say that um, I did vote. So I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, the results of that. And I hope your awards evening goes beautifully. Uh, The last thing I want to say is, one of these days, I'll get up the nerve to send you my version of Dumpty Dum. Okay. Well, first time caller. Take care. Jan Mitchell. That was a lovely call, Jan. Thank you very much. Um, We're glad that you like us. We like you too. And uh, it's very nice for Royfield and I when we're having a bit of a miserable day because um, it's been a bit of a wet, gloomy Sunday. And I don't that. have miserable days being a Buddhist. I always oh, look on the positive of everything. Yes. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> so you speak for yourself. If you're yeah. miserable, say when I have a miserable day because oh, Royfield is always chipper and perky and, you know, and full of the beans of life. You're not, though. Huh? You're not, though, are you? When? Sometimes you're not. Shut up. I've got an appearance to keep up. <laughs> so what, what did Jan say? What did Jan say? Well, uh, Jan, Jan said we were lovely. It's brilliant. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I love you too, Jan. Yeah. Oh, and I need to say, I need to apologise because uh, Paul Charles Wilkins and the Ambridge Addicts posse all went up to uh, BBC in Brum yesterday and... I didn't go and uh, and basically I had so much work to do and I've got I had a call from a client I did explain to Paul and he said oh it's okay Royfield blah 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 but um I only gave him 24 hours no he said I couldn't make it 
and I hope they had a great time. I saw the pictures on Facebook. It all looked like a total riot, and I promise I'll be at the next one. Hello, Dumpty Dum. This is Julie. I normally tweet at Sardine Tin, um, and this is my first ever call to you, so I've got to do the obligatory. I love your podcast, and um, I listen every week, and I'm only now brave enough to send this after a glass of wine on a Friday night, um, because I've just been listening to Friday night's episode, which, of course, is the one where we discover what's happened to Tony um, and the ball scenario. And I have to say, the reason I'm ringing is because my entire Twitter feed, all my lovely The Archers listeners, um, is going on about how sad they are and how they've been crying and how they're all tearful. And quite frankly, I'm wondering if I'm the only... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cold, heartless cow, excuse the pun, um, that just thought he was all a bit, yeah. Um, and I can't quite work out why I'm feeling that way. But um, I suspect it might be one of three reasons, which is that there's just been so much drama, hasn't there, recently? And I don't know, it's all a bit soapy and the Roy and Elizabeth thing and Root B and David Archer and David and Ruth leaving. And I'm just sort of thinking, well, this isn't what the Archers is about. We don't want EastEnders where somebody's going to be killed off every five minutes. Um, This is lovely sort of gentle rural life. Um, so that might be one area. The other one is that, well, it's a bunch of characters I don't really care very much about. Um, I mean, Pat obviously is lovely, but I'm sorry, I still haven't got used to new Tony, as I keep thinking of him, so I find that a bit weird. Um, still can't help forgetting old Tony. Um, and then having Johnny and whiny Henry and uh, Helen, I want to strag you, involved in the whole scenario really kind of makes me think oh for god's sake just get it over with um and then the third thing um i think is 
it's a really tough one to act. And I have to say, it's all very dramatic and all that sort of stuff. But I think there's been such a lot of fantastic acting. Um, I know you spoke about Hayley and that storyline and how that really brought her out as an actress. But I, I don't know, maybe the acting in this just felt a little bit too over the top and a little bit hammy to me. So those are the three reasons why I'm not sat here crying into my glass of red wine, but calling you instead. And really, I'd just love to know if I'm the only one. But um, yeah, call me cold heartless fish if you want. Thanks a lot. Bye. Julie, sardine tin. This is her first, well, she said, this is my first ever call. And then thankfully qualified that with to you rather than just her <laughs> first ever call. Because that would be a bit weird. Um, and she's, she's feeling guilty because everyone's going on about how sad they are and they're all crying. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she feels like a cold-hearted cow because she wasn't that bothered and she thought the attic was a bit over the top. And um, she was genu- genuinely unmoved. But I think that's all right. To be honest, you can't love all the characters and there are some of them you just think yeah not that bothered that you're dead really i was slightly surprised how um upset a lot of people got actually with friday's episode and don't get me wrong i thought it was good but maybe it's because i'm just saying there is kind of too much this and too much that actually happened at the moment and i just need things just to calm down a little that i couldn't get swept up in the emotion of it you know, there's part of me that was kind of fighting, going, well, hmm, Tony is a miserable old sod. And however, I did comment last week on how it was really quite nice, though it was slightly heavy handed to see him getting on so well with Johnny. But that was the payoff then, wasn't it? And for yeah. me, we were just led so... No, did, did anybody know that he's going to be gored by the bull? Absolutely not. But you knew something was going to happen. Because, it, you know, the the way that, you know, grandfather and grandson were bonding, etc. Yeah. You know, it, it now, be, I'm so glad that last week I said he was somewhat kind of saccharine, you know, because mm. then, and then there you go. Tony <laughs> dives in front of the bull and to save his two grandchildren. And by being sat on by a Exactly. <laughs> Why can't grandfathers and grandsons just get on and just, you know, and, and that's just the thing. And... But no, the payoff has to be that you know he's gonna he will sacrifice himself for, for you know for for his um, for his offspring, so to speak. My brain started to whiz ahead and start thinking. Right, what will that mean? Does that mean Tom's coming back? If Toby dies, will back. he take over the farm? So what will that mean for Rob? Will that mean that Helen and Rob will move in with Peggy to look after her? And mm. da, 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 da. and this is and, and and I was very conscious that I wasn't in the moment and worrying about uh Tony who had a bull sat on his head. Mm. Um I was just thinking about what that means. Right, I, I was there with you completely because then that's when that's how Tom's going to get the call back. Is what I thought from Canada and X yeah. and Y and Z and blah 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 blah. Uh, it, what I want is purely not purely. What I want is a wholly character-driven drama. I don't want a purely events-driven drama. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a you know. Kenton's great. When Kenton has just been Kenton and there isn't a point to it, I actually <laughs> like it more. You know, that's the truth. Um, there is no point to Kenton. <laughs> just does not. You know, Jim Lloyd. There is no point to Jim Lloyd. No. 
And that's the reason why I love him. It's There's no point to him. Be anything other exactly, than... other than just to come out with Latin phrases <laughs> and bits of classical history. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. Hello, you two. John from Newcastle here. Just a very quick call to talk about Friday night's episode. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It was so poignant, so emotional and so tense and I, I absolutely loved it. The acting was fantastic as well, particularly Patricia Gallimore who played Pat. Um, I thought she put in such a moving performance. So well done Kerry Davis, well done to the cast. It was amazing. Speak to you later. Bye. John from Newcastle mm-hmm. uh, wants to congratulate Patricia Gallimore on fabulous acting. She is a fabulous actress mm-hmm. but mostly I remember her from an amazing performance as Flora Post that she did in a radio adaptation of Cold Comfort Farm, which is one of my most favouritest radio recordings of all time. She was absolutely unbelievable. But anyway, um, she's a very, very funny comic actress, but obviously being Pat, she's too busy being cross about things to ever show that on the Archers. Hi, Dumpty Dum. This is Jennifer in France. Thank you for the podcasts. Wonderful. Really enjoying it. I'd like to draw your attention to creepy devil child Henry Archer. Firstly, it was Helen going into premature labour with Henry that broke up the Lower Loxley party early and led to Nigel deciding to go onto the roof. Now we have Henry insisting on going into the yard and... Poor Tom, Tony gets trampled by Otto. Weird. Funny how she got pregnant so quickly when it usually takes people ages and several goes like that. So I think we have a Rosemary's Baby scenario here. Um, and um, that baby, that kid just creeps me out, basically. Thank you. Bye. Jennifer, who thinks it is Henry that is Rosemary's Baby. Uh, you said you think it's George Grundy. It's uh, completely George Grundy. <laughs> she says, Henry not wanting to go to parties. before Someone always dies before a party, and it's always Henry's fault. <laughs> 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 or is severely injured. Like, it, she was at a, uh, Helen was at a party when she went into labour with him, and uh, then something else happened at someone else's party, and then this time he stuffed up um, Peggy's party. So, yes. Maybe it doesn't like parties. Some of us don't, Jennifer. Some of us probably, don't. It's probably a Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, half of my family is Seventh-day Adventist, but oh, God. <laughs> wow, what a stupendous week that was in Ambridge. The script writers must be congratulated on how sensitively they have portrayed what is a very difficult and emotionally charged subject matter. I was close to tears listening in, and I'm sure I was not alone in this. Of course, what I'm referring to is the mention in this week's Archers of capital gains tax that previously caused me great worry over the sale of Brookfield. I'm on tenterhooks and can't wait to see if the plot is resolved next week by the introduction of rollover relief that other dum-de-dummers have reassured me means that capital gains tax is not in play here. But perhaps as the show goes out before the watershed, this is too hot a subject to air. On that other minor happening this week, the Bridge Farm reenactment of the Pamploma Bull Run, with Tony taking one for the team, go Tone, go Tone, I thought the episodes were delivered as comic masterpieces. Of course, 
I accept the serious nature of agricultural accidents and bovine-related mishaps, having once fallen off a cow myself whilst on a farm as a child, but the nuances of the scenes were superb. I felt that there had been a terrible mix-up, as when Pat was talking with the consultant in intensive care, there was a tremendous amount of snorting and bellowing going on in the background from the occupant of the bed. It sounded as if the Borsetshire Air Ambulance had whisked off Otto into the helicopter by mistake, and it was he who was lying there in the hospital bed, and not Tony. The doctor sounded very unsure of who he was and what job he did. He could barely say neurospinal surgeon, and introduced himself as the backbone man. He had a bit of trouble with thoracolumbar junction as well, so I'm seriously worried about this man's credentials. Thank goodness Tony hadn't had his bladder trampled on, or we would have had an uncomfortable encounter with the urologist, or willy man as he prefers to be known. I love the bit where Mr Backbone Man described the results of the CT scan to Pat in medical jargon, and when she asked what it actually meant, he gave a slightly derisory scoff, a classic medical soap scene. Personally, I blame Rob Titchener for the accident. Anyway, get well soon, Tony. I'm sure you'll get back to your old happy-go-lucky self, enjoying a pint down the, uh, bull. Hmm, oh dear. Hi, Dumpty Dum. My name's Mary, and I live in Kingston, West London, uh, and I sometimes tweet as Mary Lattice. I've been listening to The Archers since I was a child in the 60s, when it was just kind of background noise, really, in the room. Um, I've been following it properly since the mid-80s, I guess. Uh, I thought it was about time I phoned in, especially as I'm polishing my wellies for the uh, awards due next week. That I'm really looking forward to meeting you all. Uh, I did have a plot prediction all lined up for once to uh, relate to you, namely that I reckoned that Rob was going to be all mock jealous at whoever was playing the hero uh, against Helen, opposite Helen, in the Christmas play, um, and was going to land the first physical blow. But then I'm all at sea now because Tony got ottoed. And uh, Rob is all um, family man of the moment and, you know, rooting for the farm and what have you. Uh, I cried into my mashed potato on Friday with the, uh, all the goings on there with the hospital. Um, but what I do want to know is why hasn't anyone contacted Tom and why isn't he hot-footing it back from Canada with his voice changed with all the emotion of it all? I haven't quite got my head around all that yet have to have a, a little think about that over the, the coming weeks. Um, oh, one quick, sort of, by the way, for last week. I know that the uh, the shoot episode was all blah, 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 Justin Elliott and blah, 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 venison pasties and the like, but I thought it was absolutely lovely that Will and Ed were speaking to each other like brothers again and were really kind to each other and supportive. Uh, and that brought a tear to my eye as well, which was great. Uh, ooh, one last thing to say. My family really have been very supportive over the years. We've often had supper around about Archer's time. Uh, and they've put up with it very well. Except uh, 
if more than two tired men are talking at any one time or anyone cries on the programme or indeed I start to cry, then uh, I have to turn it off and listen to this um, the podcast or read the synopsis. But on a positive note, my son, who's in his 20s now, uh, passed his St John Ambulance exam uh, with a special mention of his timely and consistent uh, chest compressions because uh, during his test he hummed the archer's tune to himself to get the rhythm. So uh, whatever you say about uh, the archer's dum-de-dum does save lives. So there you go. Uh, Loving the podcasts. Uh, We'll probably phone in again now, now I've uh, had the practice, and um, speak to you again soon. And looking forward to seeing you Saturday. Bye now. Paul Room. Uh, that did make me laugh. The Willy Man. <laughs> um, yes, that whole Doctor thing was was it was like it just kept reminding me of a Steve Martin film, really, because mm-hmm. he was either talking incomprehensible medical jargon or saying the backbones connect to the neck bone at some point. You know, it was just daft, really. We've had some good emails in as well. One from uh, Foo Girl, which really made me laugh. Listening to last week's podcast, the lovely Royfield said there were loads of paps at the awards ceremony. I thought it only fair to point out that where I am in Scotland, paps equals boobs. It certainly gives a whole different image of how the evening might turn out. (laughs) Well, didn't I say at the start of the show, I've got Scottish ancestry. I knew exactly what paps meant. (laughs) That was a Royfield double entendre. (laughs) Ba-boom. And uh, Jennifer Turner said, mm. please may we have more silent characters to vote for. I want to vote for <laughs> Ivy Pugsley, now Titcombe, for failing to notice not only the Lizzie and Roy affair, but also the whole of Locksfest. <laughs> I trust she was shot in her room with earplugs in. <laughs> well, our, the silent character award has been very popular. And some silent characters had many more votes than actually characters who actually have voices and actors attached to them. So, BBC, <laughs> if you need to cost cut, you know what you need to do. <laughs> one and a half would be like John Cage's minutes of silence would just be one and a, half, one and a quarter hours of nothing. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's the end of the calls. Ooh, and the emails. And emails. Right. Oh, no, it isn't. I'm lying. Sorry. There's one there's one that I forgot. Um Sarah um said she just said prediction. Adam talks Brian into making a quick offer. Ruth talks David into accepting it. Exchange of contracts in 30 days. Ham hocks or whatever the Northumbrian place is called is snapped up while DR had are drive uh, is snapped up while D and R are driving the cows up north and or Heather Pet turns up her toes. D and R return to Ambridge hoping to unwind the sale to Brian. Too late. Debbie is the new manager of Brookfield, a wholly owned subsidiary of Home Farm. D and R become tenant farmers on their own, formerly own land. Kenton says, well, at least I got my dosh. And Joe Grundy says, hey, David Archer, you just have to be thankful for what you've got. And life carries on. And then she's put... Y-H-I-H-F, which I presume is one of those youth things that means, <laughs> oh my God, or something, but I don't know what it means. What does Y-H-I-H-F mean? You're asking me, I'm older than you, remember? I know, but you're street and I'm not. Uh, I'm not, not according to Cosmo, he says I'm literally as posh as him because I live in Notting Hill. 
Yes, that's true. But so do you know what it means? No. no, you don't because you're too posh too to know what it means. But we need to get somebody not posh, don't we? Mm. Why don't we have our, get our production assistant who's with you there to quickly search on his phone whilst we gabble on and he'll soon tell us. I think if we refer to him as our production <laughs> they never see him again. He, he's on secondment from the BBC. And he's, I, become, and he's the oh, only oh, one who can make our email work. I think we ought to be a lot more polite to him than we are being, to be perfectly frank. Sorry, Martin. Well, <laughs> listen, I did pick him up in a previous podcast and say I wanted a bromance with him. You did? Yeah, so and I think he's... Said, I think he's... Like I remembered this time. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, so it's cool. with somebody on Tinder or whatever that thing is and saying... Oh, you're, you're not at all how you sounded on your emails, disappointingly. Is it time for the hashtag, the Archer Suites of the Week? It is. Or shall, oh, no, 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 no. Let's get all ITV and have a commercial break instead. Okay. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do T-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. I can't do the top five hashtag Archer's Tweets of the Week because there are too many of them. Hang on, my production assistant is waving. <laughs> ah, it means you mm. heard it here first. Oh. Y-H-I-H-F. Was that from the Urban Dictionary? Yes, it was. Ah, good. <laughs> so at least we know the name of the thing where we find out what people are talking about, even if we don't know what they're talking about. Mm, absolutely <laughs> i think we should have one of these production assistants every week so do i look how smooth things have been i know <laughs> it's only taken us three quarters of an hour to start recording it's very good for us <laughs> um right yes there are too many good and funny uh tweets of the week so close I'm your to... eyes and just go and just point at one and then just like and then do that for the other four no um, Catherine E.K. Uh, <laughs> talked about her preparations for our award ceremony. OK. Yeah. She says, I am going to buy a new dress and then have a meltdown after asking Rob if it looks OK. Um, <laughs> uh, the, um, the, there was a conversation which made me laugh between a barefoot mower and genial genealogist who said, I think someone wants a bigger farm to impress Charlie Thomas with. Is that a massive acreage in your pocket or are you... <laughs> um we asked for suggestions uh for food we could provide at the awards not really because we aren't going to do any food but anyway and uh sam dean suggested pulled beef too soon (laughs) (laughs) um and then we went on to the most tasteless collection of tweets i've ever seen um uh about the the bull uh bit Girl from Mars 78 said, bet the sound effects team loved that rampaging bull and an air ambulance all in one episode. <laughs> um, Bike Widow said, I hope Tony's mouth is paralysed. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Conway said, after all these years listening, and I never realised that Tony even had a backbone. But my favourite was, this is dreadful. Did you used to watch Bullseye? Yes. Right, you can't to beat a bit of bully. <laughs> this is a London station. Said, bully special prize. You've won a ride an helicopter and a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you remember the Golden Shot back in the... Oh, you might be a bit young. Do you remember the Golden Shot with Bob Monkhouse? They used to watch that. My mum was on that once. 
She got the silver prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did she win? Exercise bike. (laughs) And I was the only member of the family (laughs) that went on that bloody thing. You know, but oh no, and she had a lovely, there's a lovely picture of her with a nice 70s afro in on the phone, um, uh, which they use on the Golden Shop. So there you go. Was the Golden Shop Bernie the Bolt or something? I, th- I think you're right. I think yeah, you're right. Production assistant's nodding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But he's, he's of a. Um... He's 84, you know. It's amazing <laughs> what he can remember. Uh, are we done? We are. All right, cool. <laughs> Nobody wants to write reviews, but bloody hell, they love us on Facebook. We now have a stonking 515 likes. Thank God I don't put too much store by these iTunes reviews. We asked you on Facebook. This is what we asked you this week. We asked. Simply put, Dumpty Dummers, should Tony Archer croak, now he has been gored by Otto, have we had enough of the home farm misery guts? Mark Everden kicked things off by writing... I think Tony should live. He's like the Morrissey of Ambridge. His whinging is strangely addictive. Peter Lambert continued. I've really taken to David Troughton in the role, though part of me wants him to regenerate into Sean Pertwee. (laughs) (laughs) And then Alison Butler got all emotion. I was surprised by how upset I felt whilst listening, given that he is fantastically annoying. I am hoping that Tony makes a partial recovery, discovers medicinal cannabis and retires to run a yoga retreat with organic meals included. And now here is Millie Bell, who's got us the 515 likes on Facebook in no time at all, with some other Archers related goings on. Good day, everyone. Facebook was a buzz with all the happenings on the Archers this week. And many of you had something to say about Helen leaving Henry at Bridge Farm when he only had a sniffle. But as usual, there were some fabulously entertaining posts on a range of Archer's issues. On the Archer's Appreciation Group, Louise Marge Gillies, who loves the Archer's, posted that she had a fab evening discussing storylines with a fellow listener in a bar in Turkey. Her husband described it as EastEnders for posh people to those who didn't understand the concept. He's never listened, but she supposes that the hunt ball and upstairs-downstairs shagging does rather give one a false impression. On the Archer's Anonymous page, Nikki Hodenot posted, I'm desperate to see Peggy's reaction to Johnny's birthday present. Given her current poor state of health, a calendar to enjoy for the next 12 months would be as useful as tits on a fish. However, my favourite post was some light relief after the shock of Tony's contretemps with a ball and was another post from the Archers Appreciation Group. Sarah Andrews posted that with all the hoo-hahs at Bridge Farm this evening, surely Peggy's party can't go ahead. I just hope somebody remembers to cancel the stripper. (laughs) Please keep the post coming. You're an entertaining bunch. Now, on a personal note, I just wanted to let you into a secret. Royfield and Lucy said that if we got 500 likes on Facebook, I could be promoted from Chief Bottle Washer. I'm delighted to say that at 5.50pm Australian Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, Bill Walker became the 500th person to like our Facebook page. I'm very grateful to you, everyone, because confidentially, you would not believe how many bottles Royfield and Lucy get through when they're recording the podcast. Have a good week, everyone. And remember to look at us on Facebook. I'm full of the joys of life because this the Buddhist in, in me and I always see the positive. I should be listening. <laughs> 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 
remember you can send us a voice. <laughs> you and your dodgy accents, you know. <laughs> I don't sound anything like that. Always better, no. <laughs> well, yeah, I tell you what, we won't be able to ask Mike and Vicky, will we, next week? Because they won't know, because they'll be down ha- ha- having fun with us. Yes. And that will be properly exciting. Remember, you can send us a voicemail message via the site, or you can call us on 03030313105 from an ordinary regular phone to send us a message. Hmm. Or you can ping us a regular text message via the site. Uh, or you can even just tweet us if you're on the Twitters at Dumdydum. Or you can tweet me at Royfield, with R O I F I E L D. Or me at Lucy V. Freeman. So please, please, please keep those reviews coming. Oh, oh, I forgot. You, you don't want to. You can't really be bothered. Because <laughs> I've already booked me, me ticket back to Birmingham. This is, good. this is a Birmingham person doing an impression of a Birmingham person. Absolutely. And then Brummies will say, actually, I'm doing the black country. Because that's oh. it. You actually have to like, yes. turn it up. Because that's the thing about Birmingham accents. You do a Birmingham accent, you end up sounding like me. And people go, well, yeah, that's really Birmingham, is it? So you've got to do the black country. So I'm from Wolverhampton. And I've caught me ticket. I booked me ticket to Birmingham, vibetrainline.com. So goodbye, everybody. It was nice podcasting to you all. That's it. It's over. I'm done. Are you getting in next week, Luce? Um, uh, I don't know. I think I might give Exeter Dormouse a run for his life. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a queue, you know. People are queuing up <laughs> this gig. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Toodaloo. That was all right. It was. We were faster than normal as well. It's because we were embarrassed because Martin was here. <laughs> Hello, Dumpty Dum. The Lower Luxley Laureate here. The acting this week has been exceptional, and it's made me think. To be an actor, you must be a grafter, and convey passion and sadness and laughter. But the members of the cast have now been bypassed, as it's Otto who's up for a BAFTA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.